What's up, Fury Faithful? And of course, what's up, fans of indoor soccer? Welcome to episode 35 of Striking Fury, the official podcast for the Ontario Fury. My name is Christian Philly Philemon, the self-proclaimed toast of the East Coast, and I am joined by my partners on this podcast. Well, if you're hearing crickets right now, it's due to the fact that I'm kind of flying solo. Due to... Let me shut these crickets off. Everyone's sarcastic, even the darn crickets. Due to scheduling conflict and the fact that the Fury have a doubleheader versus Tacoma and a quick turnaround versus Chihuahua at home, we needed to get a podcast out as soon as we could for Kansas City. The solo pod isn't a common occurrence. In fact, in over 200 episodes of content that I've been a part of, I've never run a solo show. The banter is going to be between me, myself, and I. Hi, Philly. How you doing? Very good, Philly. Philly, stop being sarcastic. Philly, you're not very funny. Philly, you're dummy. You, you get the point. But we're going to do our best to get this right and obviously get down to business. But before we get into the game recap against the Kansas City Comets, just want to take a quick moment and acknowledge a couple of birthdays. First and foremost, this podcast is being recorded on March the 3rd, the year 2022. I want to give a happy birthday to Clayson DeLima. Clayson DeLima had a birthday yesterday. We're a couple, we're a day behind that. So happy birthday to our keeper, Clayson DeLima. And of course, this past Sunday was our owner, Jeff Burham's birthday. So I want to give a shout out. And a, and a happy birthday to the owner of the team, the managing partner of this team, and the leader of our organization. Happy birthday. And he got one heck of a birthday present as a result of the game. Anyways, this past weekend, the Fury kicked it with the Kansas City Comets for the first, and quite frankly, the last time this season. The last time these two teams squared off against each other was last year in the semifinals of the Ron Newman Cup. The series was tightly contested and ended up in a minigame. Kansas City struck first with a goal by Dom the Dominator Francis, now back at Harrisburg. But goals by the Fury's George DeLeon and Uzi Tayu propelled the Fury into their first final in franchise history. Now this no doubt left a sour taste in the mouth of the Comets. This season, the Comets have without a doubt been one of the best teams in MASL. Coming into this weekend, they maintained a record of 10-2-1 on top of the Central Division with only Dallas to contend with. Their only losses of the season prior to this past weekend came at the hands of the St. Louis Ambush January 14th. The Ambush won 6-5. Then at the hands of the Chihuahua Savage, who have been red hot as of late, 6-5 win in overtime. And they split the series. They won one. They lost one against the struggling Milwaukee Wave. The Fury, on the other hand, were coming off their worst loss of the season, losing at home to San Diego by a score of 8-2. to two. The Fury were coming off their worst loss of the season, losing at home to San Diego by a score of 8-2. to two. The Sockers have been lights out all season long, but their only loss I will credit to the fact that it was the Fury in overtime down in Pachanga Arena, so you got to give a shout-out right there. The Fury had played the Sockers Five times a season, there is one more match to go, and it is at the very end of the season. And, I mean, the Sockers have just been, well, the Sockers have been the Sockers. They've been great, but we're not talking about them. They're living rent-free in my head right now. I need to evacuate and extradite and evict them for now. Kansas City came into this weekend without several key players. No Absalom Solorio, right knee sprain. No Mike De Silva, right hip sprain. 
No James Togba, left oblique strain. No Nicolau Neto, left knee sprain. And of course, the biggest omission of them all, Leo Gibson. Leo Gibson was not part of the Comets roster this weekend because of he because of the fact that he had a third child. Birth of a child. Leo and his wife, Lishan, welcome their third child to the Gibson household. God bless from everybody here in Ontario. These omissions clearly had an effect on the Comets, folks. Their first West Coast match was against the Sockers on Friday. The game was close for the first 30 minutes and tied at the half. But in the third quarter, the Sockers opened it up with four goals and ended up walloping the Comets 8-3. to three. That third quarter would come into effect to plague the Comets yet again. Stay tuned for that. In that match against San Diego in the fourth quarter, they ended up losing Nick McDonald, red card. They ended up losing Ramon Palmer, red card. So on top of all the players that I mentioned that weren't going to be there, throw in Nick McDonald and Ramon Palmer. Now they're fighting with basically nobody. Not nobody, but I mean with a team that's not really there. I mean, coming into Toyota Arena, the Comets needed to activate their coach, Stefan Stokic, just to have an extra body on the turf. And even with Stefan, the Comets only had 11 players for this game. Despite not having a full team, though, Kansas City still has a ton of talent. John Sosa having an incredible season with 30 points, 11 goals, 19 assists. Last season's Rookie of the Year and Lucas Souza, killing it. Rian Marquez, another player. In his second year, he was all MASL rookie team last season, killing it. And, of course, Ray Lee. Ray Lee, who has a shot so powerful, he snapped a piece off of the plexis earlier on in this season. The Fury, a little more well-rested, having not played in a week, fielded their entire team. Kansas City was going to have their work cut out for them. Now, without further ado, let's get into this match. Both teams started off getting a feel for each other. Even calling this game was strange because finally we got to call a game that wasn't against the Sockers or the Stars. I may have even caught myself accidentally calling the Comets the Sockers during the broadcast. Luckily, you know, I I excavated that thought. Didn't take long, though, for the first goal of the game. And it wasn't the home teams, and it certainly wasn't the favorite. Two minutes and 40 seconds, two, sorry, two minutes and 47 seconds into the game, we get a Comets goal credited to Adam James, his fourth of the season, with John Sosa getting his 20th. And the play ended up happening with Sosa banging it off the boards. James was right there to pick it up, and he snuck one past Chris Toth. Toth had a hand on it, certainly a shot that he would have liked to have gotten back. But just like that, the Fury find themselves down one to nothing, and this was a very important goal for Kansas City to start this match. Certainly gave them the confidence to do some things because, well, six minutes later, the Comets strike again. This time, it's last season's all-rookie team member, Riem Marquez, smacking one past Chris Toth with Tetsane credited for the assist. Cissé tried to intercept the pass to Tetsane by goalkeeper Lou Meisner. Nacho Flores was there to regain possession. He passes to Tetsane, who turns and finds Marquez. Marquez was wide open. Uzi Tayu hustled his tail off, trying to catch up to the ball, but Riem had one, shot it to the bottom right, beating Toth for the second goal of the game. And at this point, even calling it, it's crazy to, f- to see the Fury start off on the wrong foot at Toyota Arena, especially against a very depleted but very hungry Comets lineup. Again, a team that should not be slept on. Despite not having everyone, it's next man up. Adam James, Ted Sane, and of course Marquez and Sosa, it was certainly that way in the first quarter. Now, despite... 
being up two to nothing. Kansas City was outshot eight to four in that quarter. The Fury certainly tried to do their thing, and Lou Meisner was there time and time again for his team within the first quarter. But before the quarter would end, we need to highlight a blue card that happens to Nacho happens on Nacho Flores. He gets two minutes trip to Smurf Village for tripping. And that would be a penalty that would come back to haunt the Comets at the start of the second quarter. And speaking of which, let's actually start talking about the second quarter. How are we doing, folks? Philly, you're doing a pretty good job being by yourself. What do you think, Philly? Well, the only person talking to me at this point is Siri. And Lord knows Alexa's listening as well. These women, these are the only two women in my life that actually listen to me. Alexa and Siri. Actually, let me just be quiet right now before they start talking to me. Anyway, second quarter. 16 seconds into the second, in fact, is when the collateral... Oops, I'm sorry, I thought I heard something. 16 seconds into the second quarter is when you would see the collateral damage from that blue card tripping call on Nacho come into play. We get a goal from Johnny Topete. Chris Toth, coming far across the midfield, passes it off to Topete. He squeezed one past Sosa and just to the left of Lou Meisner. Just like that, it is now 2-1 to one in Ontario. And as a member of the Fury faithful, clearly there's a sigh of relief at this point. Fury found themselves with their backs against the wall early to cut the lead this early on in the second quarter. Good things to happen. Good things will happen. And of course, two minutes and 30 seconds later, Johnny Topete was part of another Fury goal. This time as a result of a battle on the boards with Nacho Flores and Tetsane. He reclaimed the ball after it was stripped from him. And Topete has the ball. He takes it away. It lands in the front of Jesus Pacheco. He lets a beautiful pass pass float and float through the air with the greatest of ease it did. The king, Frank Tayu, elevates and heads in a beauty to tie this game at two goals apiece. The Fury are off and running. But that's going to be a very short tie, no doubt, because the Comets regrouped relatively quickly. The Fury found themselves in a position where Justin Stinson gets called for tripping Lucas Souza. It was a hard foul, and yes, it was well-warranted. But two seconds later on, off of the restart, John Sosa passes to Ray Lee, and he blasts one past Chris Toth. Three to two, another penalty kill punishment. Ray Lee gets his 10th of the season, and John Sosa assist number 21. But wait, there's more. Starting to sound like the king of infomercials here. Billy Mays Hayes will call me Philly Mays Hayes. We get an unassisted goal by Ali Sodal. He stripped the ball from rookie Alan Perez and had a clean look at goal. He fired one and boom, doubles up the lead for the Comets. It is now four to two. It was not, by no means, not a good turnover for a Fury. Ball given up in a very dangerous spot. But you got to credit Sodal with his defensive prowess. Four to two. Going forward, Toth was busy. Palmer was there had making some great blocks and some saves within his own right. And we don't see any more goals for another six or so minutes. And luckily for the Fury, they claw one back. They claw one back by form of a goal by George DeLeon. It came off of a really nice shot by Alan Perez. Meisner made a heck of a save, but the ball deflected right in front of DeLeon. And he winds up and slams it in the back of the net. Fury are now down by only one goal. The score, 4-3. to three. 
And before the second quarter ended, Alan Perez nearly had a goal himself. Got another nice look, a shot that he would no doubt convert in practice nine out of ten times. But that's how it goes. We find ourselves at the half. The whistle blows. First 30 minutes of the game. Kansas City Comets doing their thing, just like they did at Pachanga Arena two days prior. Chris Toth leading all goalkeepers with 11 saves at this point. Now, up until we have a competitive game. It's fun. It's action-packed. But the Fury do something historic to start the third quarter. And it didn't take long either for the Fury to do anything. One minute and 22 seconds into this game, Robert Palmer scores against his old team. Tiago Gonzalez made one hell of a pass that connects with Robert Palmer. And we get a Berto header bomb. Beautiful goal. The former Kansas City Common, the franchise leader in blocks, gets himself on the scoring column for the first time, but not the last time, this game. It is 4-4 to as of right now. And then, off the restart, 15 seconds off the restart to be exact, Nacho Flores tried to bang one off of the boards. It gets intercepted by George DeLeon. He sprints on the counter, utilizes some fancy footwork, and beats Meisner for his second Goal of the game. It is now 5-4 Fury and the first lead of the game for Ontario and the first lead for the Fury in what seems like a very long time. 5-4 for the Fury in Toyota Arena. But wait, Philly Mays Hayes here again. There's more. Another 20 seconds or so later, it's the captain, El Capitan, Israel Cisse, the longest tenured member of the Ontario Fury, getting on the scoring column for only the second time this season. Frank Tayu made a really nice play. He found Nestor Hernandez. Nestor Hernandez had what looked to be a shot, and it looks like it might have had the distance, and it certainly... That was my watch. Again, one of the only women in my life that listens to me. I'm going to take it off because she's getting quite talkative, and I'm the only one that needs to be talking as of right now. Anyways... Going back, Nestor Hernandez had what looked to be a shot, and it looked like it could have been. It had the distance, it had the trajectory, but it was Israel Cisse to, uh, well, to quote the great Happy Gilmore, tap it in. He tapped it in. Tap, 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 taparoo. Happy, laughy, tappy. Uh, that, that, that was mine. But Nestor does get the credit for the assist, and Fury are up by two. 43 seconds, folks. All it took was 43 seconds in the third quarter for the Fury to break the backs and the spirits of the Comets. You got three goals in 43 seconds, a franchise record. And that's your third quarter. Six to four to start the fourth. These episodes seem to run relatively quickly with just one knucklehead talking. I miss my other two knuckleheads, so... If y'all are listening to this podcast, just know that me doing this, it was fun within its own right. Hopefully the listeners are entertained. Hopefully my energy level is up at a point where you're still listening to me. Because if you're going to lend me your ears for whatever time it is, I certainly respect that. And I and I take it very personal in the sense that I want to make sure that you're entertained, educated, and informed. So if you're willing to devote some time to listen to this knucklehead right here, I'm going to devote some time to be as energetic as I can for you. My commitment to you on every podcast, on every broadcast, on any show I do, I will always be loud, proud, and energetic for y'all. And I certainly appreciate the support you've been giving us and the crew, the fury, everything. Nothing but love. Okay, so now we start the fourth quarter. 
It's a bit of back and forth. We see some great passes. We see some great saves. Emmanuel Aguirre had some nice attempts. I'm still waiting for this young kid to make an impact on the Fury. He's, he was a former soccer. He's got quite the pedigree if you look at where he came from in terms of his career being down in, in Mexico with some of these Liga Mekis academies that are within like the first division. Really good stuff. He's, he's getting close. He's certainly knocking on that door. Hopefully Emmanuel Aguirre can come through, but we don't see any goals. For about seven minutes worth of action. And then seven minutes and change into the match, Johnny Topete actually crashed alongside the boards. It was pretty hard, and thankfully he wasn't hurt. But right at that point, Chris Toth scooped up the ball and rolled it to Tiago Gonzalez. He had his space. He sidestepped Adam James from the Comets, and he slips one past goalkeeper Lou Meisner. His fourth of the season and his 15th point of the season. He made it look so incredibly easy. Tiago, so calm, so cool, so collective. He's like the indoor Andrea Pirlo the way he plays. Never phased, does his thing, and he does it exceptionally well. Seven to four for the Fury at this moment. And we still get a couple of goals. We get two more, to be precise, with just three minutes left to go in the game. Comets using Tetsane as the sixth attacker at this point. Fury managed to scramble and get their eighth of the game, and Robert Palmer scores again. Nice long pass by Frank Tayu. He connects with Berto. Berto gets his ninth goal of the season, and Frank gets his team leading, tied with Thiago Gonzalez, 11th assist of the year. Frank not only scores, Frank assists. He leads his team in goals. He leads his team in assists. He leads his team in points, and he also leads his team in fouls. That's okay. It's the king. The king is the king, and we love the king. Comets end up scoring the final goal of the game. Rian Marquez smacks one off of the boards. It is Ignacio Flores, lovingly known as Nacho. He gets his fifth goal of the season and ends a five-goal unanswered streak by the Fury. And that's how it's going to end, folks. That is how it's going to end. A much-needed win for the Ontario Fury. Again, coming off of a terrible terrible loss against the San Diego Soccers. The two awful Fury losses this season have been courtesy of the Soccers, of course. So let's get into the stars of the game. Our first star, Robert Palmer, without a doubt. He had two goals, two points. Chris Toth, he got himself, notched himself up another another win, save percentage of .773, and had two assists. He's got a total of four points on the season. Not only does he make the stops, He gets the assists. He did a great job of keeping Kansas City out of the net because had he not been there, had he not been the goalkeeper that he is, we might have been looking at a completely different game in Toyota Arena. And then we got the third star of the game, George DeLeon notching himself a brace. Two goals, and that's how he gets his two points. And and that's sort of how it ends, folks. That... That's the game. Uh, we obviously quoted some of the shout-outs. We, we talked about some of the players of the game. And the Fury get a very important W on the day of Jeff Burham's birthday. Can't imagine how upset Jeff would have been had the Fury not been able to get that W. It was pretty cool. Jeff owns a pub in Upland called Second Avenue Saloon. And we went there. We hung out afterwards. We celebrated the boss's birthday. Players from the Comets were there. Players, obviously, from the Fury were there. Some of Jeff's friends were there. It was an awful lot of fun. We celebrated in good fashion. And thankfully, he was happy because I'm sure he was seeing red 
over the course of that first half, as was Jimmy, as of course was everybody that's a fan of the Fury. Knowing how good this team is, to see them have to fight and crawl back against a team that, at this point, being as depleted as they were, no doubt the underdog. You can't tell me the Kansas City Comets were the favorite without those players. Would have loved to have seen what the game would have looked like with Leo Gibson, with Nick McDonald, with Ramon Palmer, with Mike De Silva. Love to have seen Neto behind the net. That would have made the game intense, but who knows? These two teams have a certain shot at seeing each other in the playoffs. And of course, Kansas City would no doubt like to reenact their revenge on the Ontario Fury as a result of the Fury knocking them out of the playoffs last season. Comets picked up some steam last year, as did the Fury. But we know how last season went. This season, we're about 60% of the way into it, 40% left. Now, this weekend, the Fury are on the road. They are on the road heading out to Tacoma to tango, to tango, to tackle to tango, whatever you want to say, uh, with the Tacoma Stars. Friday, March the 4th at 7.35, and then again on Saturday at 7.05 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Both games can be watched on MASL TV live on YouTube. And then once that weekend, once that weekend's worth of games is done, the Fury are going to tackle Chihuahua on a quick turnaround on Tuesday. At this point... Going into this weekend, the Fury are only separated by four points with the Chihuahua Savage. The Chihuahua Savage have been on a tear as of late and are a team to be reckoned with. We knew that coming into the season. They got their stuff together. We can't, on the road, they are what they are, but obviously playing in the friendly, tightly spaced confines of Corner Sports Arena, Chihuahua's a tough team. But they also have some fantastic players brought up from Monterey and Sonora. This is a good team and a team the Fury are going to need to really buckle down against if they're going to want to get some more points and at least finish second in the Western Conference. As of right now, the Fury are 8-4-2, 17 points behind league leader San Diego. And like I mentioned before, only four points ahead of the Chihuahua Savage. Now, I said it earlier, we're coming back on Tuesday for a game against Chihuahua. If you're listening to this podcast, I don't care if you've hit me up before, DM the Striking Fury Instagram page and put in the request and I will give you two free tickets. Two free tickets, two rows up from the turf. They are fantastic seats. I know that for a fact because they're my season tickets. And since I'm not going to be sitting there because I'm calling a game, they can be yours for the simple price of free 99. All right, free 99. DM the Striking Fury account. Please, don't make me beg you to go to a free game with unbelievable seats. And that is all. Again, amazing how much content you can get out there when you don't have distractions, where you're not having to wait on people's schedules, where you don't have to wait on other people to do their notes. But it's more fun with everybody being in the room. Literally looking around at all these bobbleheads and they're, they're nodding their heads at me. I'm looking at my Motley Crue pop dolls right next to my Alice Cooper and Kurt Cobain. There's an eclectic mix. We know Alice Cooper would open for Motley Crue, but Kurt Cobain certainly doesn't fit in among that ragtag of, of people. And of course, all my baseball bobbleheads and my, my corn dogs. Shout out to the boys that are in the box. Anyway, I'm rambling on because I'm obviously trying to fill in some time, but that's episode 35, folks. Hopefully you enjoyed this solo Philly episode. I promise the entire podcast team will be back. Again, this is an anomaly of an episode. I have literally done hundreds of podcasts, never one alone. 
And I had to be awake this entire time. I couldn't defer to anybody. I couldn't bounce. I couldn't make jokes. It's interesting when you're doing things by yourself. It's always more fun when you have other people in the room. And I certainly have a blast hanging out with Amanda. She's my wife and I love her. And it's just, we have a lot of fun together. And we do this cool media stuff together. And of course, my boy, the Dr. Jonathan Reimer. Um, it's so much more fun when they're there. And I'm sure you agree with the fact that the podcast itself is more fun when we have that to banter with. But the very least, you can't say I didn't get down to business and give you all the details of the game. So hopefully you're going to walk away with this feeling somewhat more informed, having been happy to have relived that game and hopefully educated on some of the other stuff. That's all I got to say. Uh, we'll be doing a podcast relatively quickly after the Tacoma games. And then we'll be back at Toyota Arena. I'm on the call along with Jonathan Reimer and Amanda Philemon, sideline reporting on Tuesday against the Chihuahua Savage. And we're getting down to the nitty gritty of the season, folks. Playoffs, the end of the season is about a month away and playoffs are right around the corner. Fury got to start taking care of some things. Players are going to need to step up. We can't wait to see Onua Obasi. Got the, uh, the honor and privilege of chatting with the new player from Utica City over the weekend. Tall kid. He's certainly going to be a threat in that back line and within that midfield. 6'4 out of Birmingham, England. Former Rochester Rhino. And he did wear a Fury jersey at one point, albeit the Ottawa Fury of the USL. That team is no longer in existence. He was a starter also for the Rochester Rhinos. And he started in the championship game in 2015 when the Rhinos beat Galaxy 2. Again, really big kid, really solid player, also an indoor champion having won the MASL Ron Newman Cup with the Baltimore Blast in 2015. What a year for him. 2015, he wins the USL Championship and the Ron Newman Cup. Hopefully, he can say that he's going to lift some silverware up with the Ontario Fury at the end of this season because the Fury still, still, despite being 17 points behind San Diego, still believe they are hashtag championship bound. Now, I promise, that is all. You know how we end things on Striking Fury. Philly, strike hard. Philly, strike first. Philly, no mercy. You were just listening to Striking Fury with Philly and Panda, the official podcast for your Ontario Furies. And powered by Ford. Subscribe on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and follow us on Instagram at Striking Fury. Ontario Fury.